How's about we write some more stories? How's about we tell some more tales? Gather round the fire, maybe read for just a while, and we'll listen to the stories unveiled. Oh, we'll see if we succeeded writing stories no one needed from suggestions that you shared. Has music ever made you do something crazy? Maybe you snuck into a concert back in high school to see your favorite band, or maybe you performed in front of a crowd for the first time. Karaoke, for the right person, can definitely feel like something crazy. I can I can speak to that one myself. For me, music or an idea of music led to something I never thought possible. Hello, and welcome back to the campfire. My name is Colby McHugh, and this is the S'more Stories Podcast, where we are on a probably never-ending journey to figure out not only how to tell a story, but also what makes a story great. And for this episode, I've got another patented story spotlight deep dive. It's not. It's not patented. We've got another story spotlight deep dive for all of you. But as I'm sure you can tell from the title, this is a little bit of a different type of deep dive. Of course, in previous Story Spotlights, we've covered a song, a comic book, and a movie, so it felt right to jump into literature next. But here's the kicker. We're talking about my literature today. (laughs) Big news. I wrote a book. It's called Kill Collins, uh, which still feels crazy even saying that out loud, like I wrote a book, but uh, I'm getting better at it. I'm getting better. Uh, I want to go deep into the three-year-long process it took me to complete Kill Collins, and I figured it might be helpful for anyone out there even a little bit interested in writing to know that if an idiot like me can do it, literally anybody can write and self-publish a book. If I can make it seem less scary for someone to put their own stuff out there, then I think this episode will be a success. So, where the hell did the idea for Kill Collins come from? It's a great question. Honestly, I don't really know. (laughs) All I remember is adding a few words to my ideas note on my phone around four, maybe five years ago, pre-pandemic, of course. These words that I wrote in that note were really simple, literally just... Kill Collins, a death metal Phil Collins cover band. That's all. I liked Phil Collins fine, but I wouldn't have considered myself a huge fan or anything. I didn't really know much Genesis either, and a lot of my fandom came mostly from the Tarzan soundtrack. I know, I know that sounds like heresy after writing a whole book like this, but for some reason... The idea of a death metal Phil Collins cover band just seemed really funny to me. I don't know why that popped into my head all those years ago, but to be completely truthful, it kind of fits in with a lot of the other dumb shit that I have in that note. Just stuff that I think is funny or could potentially turn into a story or maybe be used in a story somehow. And why, yes. I'd love to give you a few examples of those note entries. Don't worry, I'll save the especially good slash dumb ones for potential future stories, but here's a taste. How about frequent crier miles? (laughs) Sorry, it's so dumb. Or, this is also dumb, Moby Rick, the iconic whale's black sheep brother. (laughs) God. Okay, 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 okay. Last one. Guarfield. That's it. Just Guarfield, like the band and the comic strip character. I don't know. No description needed, I guess. I think my, 
I think my brain is a little broken sometimes, but hey, now you can see why Kill Collins fits right in with all of that stuff. So I wrote Kill Collins down around four or five years ago and then forgot about it, like so many of those other weird ideas. Then, then fast forward to August or September of 2020, deep in the throes of the pandemic and quarantine, I'd spent the first few months of lockdown fairly productive, actually, which surprised me. I wound up writing three full comic scripts for a series I still want to make at some point, hopefully soon, so I won't spoil it for you just yet. It felt good to get some stuff done with all this extra time I was given, assuming it would only last a few months at most. Oh, how wrong I was. I even started a horror podcast with a buddy from film school called Cellar Dwellers, and for the first time in my life, I was officially putting myself out there to the world. Then, like millions of others, I hit a wall. Didn't really write much over the summer of 2020, so one night, me and Brittany were sitting on our porch, probably being sad together, a little too stoned, and I remembered that I had this ideas note on my phone that I hadn't checked in months, maybe even a year at that point, I don't know. After seeing and reading some of those aforementioned ideas, I laughed out loud, something I desperately needed at that time. So I read a few of them to Brittany, who also appreciated the goofiness of a lot of them. Then we got to Kill Collins, which Brittany thought was hilarious, so much so that she encouraged me to post this one on Instagram so others could see it. This was during a time before I was even really comfortable sharing much on social media, especially things that I'd come up with. So It took some convincing for me to agree. I posted it on my story, something along the lines of, welcome to the first edition of It Came From Colby's Brain, and I mentioned Kill Collins, a death metal Phil Collins cover band. A bunch of people replied and said that it was funny, and I I guess that was all my brain needed to get cooking. Normally, I like to let an idea simmer for a while until it feels like something worth writing down, and if I can't stop thinking about it after a couple weeks or so, I'll start writing and see how it feels. With Kill Collins, I just started writing a scene without a clear idea of where I was going with it and immediately enjoyed what I was doing, which almost <laughs> which almost never happens. These characters felt clear in my head and, and their dialogue was really fun to write. This first chunk that I wrote during that initial brainstorm session would eventually evolve into the first scene of the book titled The Ritual. I didn't know what else to do and since I still had lots of time on my hands, I just kept going. Over the next few weeks and months, I had written somewhere around 70 pages, way more than I'd ever written of anything. It had a beginning, a middle, and an end. My high school English teachers would have been so proud of me. Not that we ever did any creative writing or anything. (laughs) So a few months later, while taking a shower, where all my good ideas come, it hit me that I should release this as an ebook. I figured it it couldn't be that hard, and I knew Brittany could design a kick-ass cover. Plus... I was ready to get it out there into the world. I'd shared the occasional short story on Instagram, but never really anything more than that. It's it's hilarious and awesome to think that Kill Collins is how I chose to introduce myself to the writing world. It's <laughs> it's a ridiculous idea, yes, but it's it's my ridiculous idea. And feeling ownership of this story was really gratifying, and I immediately wanted more of that feeling. I'm I'm definitely still chasing it and who knows, maybe I always will be. So we published volume one as an ebook, and then I quickly realized that I had a lot more story to tell. So I started working on volume two. I'd grown to love these characters and, and wanted to explore them even more and also push myself a little more creatively. More characters, more storylines, more stuff that felt personal to me. And and I found a groove pretty quickly too, and that, that, that felt good. 
that damn groove is another thing I'm trying to always figure out how to recreate and, and very much still figuring out right now. But I got into a groove with volume two and that felt really good. Fast forward a year later, still pretty much in the pandemic and I'd written more than twice as many words as I had for volume one. Truly crazy stuff. I had never had this output of, of words in my entire life. Uh, and, and Brittany, of course, did her work again and designed a killer cover for volume two. And we even did a fun little countdown on Instagram for it. I'd come a long way in those couple of years, I guess. It was fun, even if, you know, not that many people cared, which I think might have made it a little bit less scary for me, to be honest. Volume two came out again as an ebook, which felt amazing, but it didn't quite feel done. Now, I love reading, but I also love the feeling of a book in my hands when I read. There's nothing, I'm not discounting audiobooks, I'm not discounting, you know, reading on a Kindle. I think those are great options if, if that's what you prefer. For me, I do love holding a book in my hands, and I wanted that for Kill Collins because I know that's how most people feel about books. Uh, and with these two volumes done and no immediate plans to write more in this world, creating the print version just seemed like the proper next step. So the last year has been spent learning how to do just that. Publishing the ebooks first was really good training for the print version, but it took a long time for us to really figure it out. Of course, just like with those ebooks, it all begins with the cover. So for the paperback, I wanted it to be striking and kind of minimalist, stark colors like black and red. We played around with a few different ideas for illustrations, but a lot of them seemed to just kind of busy up the, the page, which was the opposite of what we wanted. So I landed on the idea of a ghostly jukebox, which I think really represents the world uh, of Kill Collins as a supernaturally tinged cover band. No spoilers here. Uh, and of course, I wanted the title font to be an homage to the old Stephen King books of the 80s that I love so much. And again, for the third time... Brittany really came through with her best work yet. This cover is exactly what I wanted, and I think it looks amazing. She's the best. It, it's going to look great on a bookshelf, I promise you. So once we got that cover done, it finally began to feel real, like we were actually doing it, making a book. The next step was figuring out how we wanted to format the interiors. Since it wasn't an incredibly long book, I loved the idea of keeping the size small, almost like an old pulp novel or something. I don't think I could quite go that small, but we got pretty close. We learned pretty quickly that when publishing a book, everything must be considered, every little detail. Where do we want the page numbers? Where do we want those page numbers to start? Is there a title page? It definitely felt overwhelming, and there were times when I didn't feel like I could really do it, you know, finish it. Then, right as we were making some progress, disaster struck. One of our cats... I won't snitch on the mic. Okay, it was Gus. <laughs> Knocked over a cup of tea all over Brittany's laptop, which, as I'm sure you can guess, had all of our files for the interior of the book. Thankfully, she designed the cover on her iPad, so that was all safe and sound. But yeah, that felt uh, bad. It felt bad about asking her to do it again, and she felt bad because how could you feel good when your laptop gets ruined? Thankfully, she had Apple Care. Uh, so it was fixed, but those files were, were not recoverable. So that was a bump in the road for sure. Again, part of me wondered if Kill Collins was even worth following through. Maybe I could just not do it. Would anyone care? You know, it was a hard conversation to have with myself. And then I realized 
I'd feel even worse if I left all that work incomplete. This, for better or worse, was my baby. (laughs) I had to finish it so that I could at least move on to my next project, whatever that may be. And moving on meant finishing this fucking book. (laughs) So we got to work again, building out the interior of the book, figuring out exactly how to format it the way we wanted. It was a lot of trial and error, realizing that one edit could throw off a paragraph a chapter later, that kind of stuff. It felt granular, yes, but it also felt like progress. Sure, I probably should have had someone else check over everything since I'd spent literal years looking at these words, but I had a hard enough time convincing people to read it, so I just decided to take the burden myself and hope for the best. I think I did all right, but if you happen to read it and catch a typo, let me know so I can correct it. Please, I'm I'm only human. We used Amazon Kindle Direct to publish because former S'more Stories alumni Hudson Phillips used it for an anthology we published together right at the start of the pandemic. Again, great timing, <laughs> but we could, ne- we could never have known. But Hudson did say that Amazon was pretty straightforward to use, so Brittany and I went with that, making edits and checking how those edits would pan out constantly, you know, probably a few dozen times. And eventually we got the design to a point where I could order a proof and actually hold it in my hands. A week later, a little package arrives containing the physical book in proof form, riddled with errors I still needed to fix. But despite that, it felt incredible. I'd never held words that I'd written, collected in a book, my book. (laughs) I think I was too shocked to cry. It felt It felt right. It felt good. So I immediately got to work tabbing away at every mistake and error I could find in the proof and then correcting it in the manuscript. A few days later, the book was done, as far as I could tell. I think I'd become book blind or something from staring at it for so long, but I decided I didn't want to make any more changes. Just like in the actual writing process, figuring out how to stop noodling with a story and say that it's done is... It's really hard. (laughs) And with this print version... I had to have a real conversation with myself. I wanted it to be perfect, yes, but I also wanted it to be out. And that was it. The book was complete. No countdown on social media, no announcement, just me and my laptop and the cats to celebrate probably around one in the morning, just the way I liked it. Of course, I eventually made a fun little announcement featuring the drum solo from In the Air Tonight. Because I wanted to truly celebrate the occasion, and I'd actually really wound up enjoying the process of brainstorming, shooting, and editing that little video. I'd come a long way in these three years when I used to be terrified of posting much of anything on social media, and now I was filming myself playing in a Phil Collins drum solo on our pots and pans and dancing with our cats. I'd come out of the pandemic a different person. More anxious, probably, sure, but also more comfortable and and confident in myself and it's an ongoing process some days i don't feel like anything i write is good and question why i bother struggling with this dumb process but now i can see the light at the end of the tunnel because i know that i finished this book and that feels as good as anything i've ever done so whenever i have a down day or the right words aren't coming to me i'll i'll try to remember this feeling knowing that i worked really hard on something for 3 years and made it happen, obviously with the expertise of Brittany. None of this would exist without her, which is of course why the book is dedicated to her. Now that the book is available for purchase on Amazon or from me directly if you're in Atlanta, shoot me a DM. The next step is figuring out how to market this damn thing. (laughs) That's where I'm at right now, back to learning. 
I guess you could say the theme of this whole Story Spotlight episode is learning. I learned how to write a book by writing one. I learned how to create an ebook by creating one. And I learned how to self-publish by self-publishing a paperback. Now, time to learn how to convince people to read it. I'll let you know how that goes. What I do know is that Kill Collins is just the first of hopefully many projects I finish and put out into the world. I want to write another book for sure, but I also want to branch out into my other passions, like comic books. Like I mentioned earlier, I have three full scripts for a comic book series that I really want to get made eventually, so let me know if anyone listening is an artist or someone knows someone looking to draw comics and is interested in collaborating. I'd be happy to send the scripts to anyone since nobody's really read them, but I genuinely like them. Again, a crazy concept for me. I'd love to write a screenplay, too, since I studied film in college and I'm constantly consuming movies and talking about them literally all of the time. Writing a review for every movie I see has become a really fun habit for me since I'm constantly thinking critically about these stories. It's easy to feel inspired. I wrote a few short scripts back in the day, but haven't really let myself jump back into it since then. It could be fun, though. I've also got a few other ideas for novels I'm noodling with for now, trying to figure out if they are, you know, worth diving into and dedicating some time. And on top of all that, I'm currently running two separate games of D&D, letting my world-building brain create fun settings and scenarios and characters for each campaign. There's a lot of outlets for creativity these days, and it can definitely feel a little overwhelming sometimes, but I'm in a phase of my life where I'm just trying to say yes to more things and not let fear and anxiety control what I choose to do. This podcast itself has been so fun and productive, but it's also led to me meeting tons of cool storytellers of all kinds. So I seriously can't wait to keep putting out great episodes. Truly, I don't know what else to say. I think this feels like a nice little bow on Kill Collins, my first but not last book. I hope this episode was enlightening. Publishing a book can definitely feel like an impossible task, but seriously, if I can figure it out, anybody can, I promise. If you've got a story you love, get it out there. Whether it's a book, a movie, a comic, podcast, whatever. You gotta channel Nike and also Shia LaBeouf circa like eight years ago. Just do it. Just tell your story. I'm really glad that I did. Now go do yourself a favor listen to some Phil Collins or Genesis. You will not regret it, I promise. Thanks, everyone, and stay toasty out there. S'more Stories is brought to you by the Indiesaurus Podcast Network, which is home to not just one great podcast, but tons of them. Maybe you're in the mood for a, let's say, a Hamtaro watch-along podcast. How about a show that's doing a detailed deep dive into the famed Left Behind book series? Well, You're in luck with Ham Radio and I Survived the Rapture, just two of the many great shows on the Indiesaurus Podcast Network. And oh yeah, The Cellar Dwellers is on there too. Follow us on Instagram at Pod or Colby McHugh. I'll reach out on there for topics periodically, so be sure to submit your best and weirdest. And if you want to follow along with the episodes, feel free to send any stories you've written to smorestoriespod at gmail.com. Whether you want notes or just someone to put eyes on a story, send it my way. Music and lyrics by Evan McHugh, whose great songs can be found anywhere and everywhere. Go buy them. Logo design by Brittany Wyland, whose work can be found at mess.and.magic on Instagram. Thanks for listening, everyone, and stay toasty.